Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a fright. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show that is unearthed, that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back to the show. Tonight, it's going to be my pick, and we're going to be talking about 2020s. That's right. You heard me say it right. 2020s, Color Out of Space, directed by Richard Stanley and starring the ever-so-lovely Rage Cage himself, Nick Cage. But before that, uh, we are not going to be joined tonight by the ghoul due to some personal issues that he's dealing with. He's taking the night off, and he'll be back next week. But fear not, we're joined by the psychotic simian, the mad monkey, the prince of my morris day. Yes, get funky with it, monkey. <laughs> hey there, Fred fans. This is your mad monkey broadcasting to you live from the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic, where we at Talking Terror bring you the best goddamn horror podcast there is in all the land. That's right. So listen live, listen with your mama, listen with your coworkers. We don't care. Just make sure you listen often. Oh, hey, King. Oh, hey, looking forward to another weird-ass fucking show. <laughs> no, We're going no, to get a little episode. bit of cosmic. We're going to get a little fun. We got some alpacas. I got some alpaca milk for anybody. I'm also a bourbon connoisseur, so if anybody wants some bourbon, I have some bourbon, you know, just in case. But yeah. <laughs> yep, just some cosmic rage cage. Just getting ready to pop off in one hour. <laughs> You you might need it by the third act of this movie, not going to lie. It might have a little bit, but we're going to get there. Um, but we're also being joined by the demonic Dean himself, back and ready to go with it. How you doing, Dean? Hello, Dean. Uh, yeah. Dean. Great. Hello. Okay, so Paging how have you been, the Dean? Or, well, he's not the he's not the doc anymore. He's the dean. So I should say paging dean. Um, please report to the dean's <laughs> really? office, demonic dean. Demonic dean, please report to the dean's office. <laughs> yeah, I know. Stop telling on yourself, dean. Stop telling on yourself. So, uh, all right, but we'll get to him. I mean, feel free to chime in uh, if you fix your mic issues, whatever you're having, dean. We we got you. Um, but hello, one of the hello. things I wanted to yep, – oh, there we go. Okay, we have the dean. Uh, dean. Oh, okay. I, up, I'm Dean? sitting here yapping away, and I didn't realize you weren't hearing me. It looks like my, no, my, we made a announcement. It looks like my cord just wasn't clicked in all the way. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We got you yeah. now. That's all that matters. How are you doing, Dean? Okay, how's it going? Fantastic. Uh, doing well. Rocket. Rocket. Ready to, you know, <laughs> enter the world of this this weird this weird uh, Nicholas Cage world that um, <laughs> seems to have grown out into the world of horror over the last couple of years. So, yeah, 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 here we are. Yeah, I, we're we're going to get there, but I'm excited to hear about what you got for us this week in terms of horror news or whatever news you got to talk about. I mean, this is the hour to do it, so I'm looking forward to it. Let's do this. Oh, yay. So, uh, in in I'm going to just step out on a limb here and, and bring some some Marvel news into the conversation. I'm Whoa, sorry. Oh, here we go. is not here for this and has to miss this. But apparently, uh, the 
the Black Widow, the Marvel film Black Widow, uh, has been pushed off to May of 2021, which has caused a big domino effect uh, over Mm. everything on the slate in the Marvel universe. Uh, It's going to affect all of the release dates of all of the different Marvel things that are going on in the world of Marvel. And in addition to that, uh, Marvel uh, has announced that the the Falcon and the Winter Soldier movie uh, is going to make its debut onto Disney Plus, uh, not into oh. the theaters. Uh, they didn't give an exact date for that, but sometime in 2021. Hmm. So, interesting shuffling of properties, um, and we'll see what's going to happen as we continue to navigate our way through a pandemic. <laughs> And uh, that's kind of what's going on with that, man. This fucking pandemic it's been is tough. screwing with everything. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. we're Not just we're better. just like three, what, like pretty much exactly three weeks away from when we would have been uh, gearing up for the sequel to 2018's Halloween, Halloween uh, yeah. Kills. Uh, yep. We've been three weeks away from now. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And, and, all, and, yeah. It just it sucks. And so, while the pandemic is going on, like that, raging on around I know, here. <laughs> yeah, I know oh, the, the, you um, know the king is looking. Yeah, he I, has I, been looking I, forward to Candyman, and that's been pushed. So, it has. We talk about <laughs> Go ahead, monkey. <laughs> yeah, it's just while I just wanted to say super quick is while pandemic is raging across <laughs> all over the world and stuff like that. One awesome thing is going on because I'm like having a total nerdgasm about this, is right now in Yokohama, Japan, all right, at the Bondi factory, they have started doing movement tests on their latest Gundam project. Yeah, that's not frightening at all. That, that doesn't scare the shit out of me okay. at all. That they have a gigantic yeah, so, fucking Gundam that's probably going to destroy yeah. <laughs> us all because it's going to become sentient, and that's it. Yeah, so and then you're going to be like, oh, it's right? Yeah, so I'm for sorry, those what, of you who may not know, okay, I have no idea yeah, what you're talking uh, about. Okay, all right. Um, right now, that's what I'm trying to say is in the Bandai Factory, which is um, a modeling company over in Japan. All right, that, where they make Gundam models, G U N D A M, which is like the, one of their most sacred lines of giant robot anime from Japan. All right, so all we're talking about is giant giant robot cartoons, all right? And they built a 175-foot-tall Gundam, all right? This is life-size. This is how tall they're supposed to be in the anime, and they have now started doing movement tests on it because it, it moves. It fucking yeah, that's moves. What <laughs> that's what you want. <laughs> yeah, that's I feel perfectly safe knowing that there's a 175 foot tall fucking robot that they're doing movement tests on. Yeah, that's gonna end well. <laughs> why do you yeah, why do you I need movement that... tests? What are you doing, Japan? Okay. stop it with your well, bullshit. I... Yes, but I believe th- this was originally made because it was supposed to coincide with the Olympics that were supposed to go on in Japan and stuff like that. And this was supposed to be their big grand marquee of everything that was going on, opening ceremony and shit like that. And it was just giant 175 foot moving mecca. Okay. And uh-huh. yeah, they're still working on it. And it's cool because like it's doing movement tests of the head moves, the arms move, and then they release some new tests 
where now you have footage of it kneeling down and standing back up and shit like that. So I'm just oh, so fucking so excited. <laughs> yeah, you can be until it fucking starts destroying shit. Then I'm going to be looking at you going, are you excited still? It's coming to America now. It learned how to swim. I would be like... <laughs> yeah, it's just seriously, I'm like having such a huge nerdgasm over this. Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Dean. Back to nerd news. So we have to fucking kill it with fire. I mean, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I don't have a visual image of what you're talking about, which maybe makes it uh, hard to really picture it, but it sounds uh, like something I don't really want to be a part of. Exactly where I stand. Thank you. You'll have to send him a group chat photo, monkey, if you could find it, of this fucking behemoth. Okay, working on it. fucking dangerous. (laughs) So anyway, uh, so all right, Dean, what's, what's next in horror news? So while all of these, you know, cinematic offerings that we've been looking forward to for this Halloween season uh, have been pushed off to next year's Halloween season, there is something that's arriving just in time for Halloween. I know we have talked on this show before about the Amazon Prime series Truth Seekers starring Nicholas Frost and Simon Pegg. Uh, This eight episode uh, series uh, will be debuting on Prime on October 30th for Halloween. Uh, it's going to be eight Perfect. episodes, as I said, and uh, there is a trailer out there now. I saw a trailer for this today, and, you know, it looks like the kind of fun that you would expect from Frost and Peg, and uh, that'll be like a nice little treat when that arrives. So that is something I'm looking forward to, and if you are a fan of those gentlemen, October 30th, you should be looking forward to it, too. I am indeed, and if you do want to check out that trailer, like the Dina just said, check out our Facebook page of Talking Terror, where the trailer is posted. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I know I'm a huge fan of Frost and Peg. So, and plus Malcolm McDowell playing Frost's dad is fucking amazing. So I'll watch anything that he's in. Yeah, I think that dynamic is going to be fucking great. Yeah, <laughs> just the two of them going back and forth, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. And plus, like being said, right next to Halloween, October 30th. What better way to release that eight episodes than right on, on uh, the day before Halloween? Devil's Night, as they call it. Or do they still call it Devil's Night? I don't know if they do it anymore. Do they? I feel like that was such a nice Make thing. it night. Yeah, do they do that anymore? I feel like they don't. This year they might. I mean, it's like because everything that's been going on, people might just go fucking insane and just start burning cities down again. Not like they haven't been doing it. It's Mischief Night. Like, you know, it's, it's supposed to happen. I don't know. <laughs> but go ahead, Dean. What, what's next? Uh, you know, we've talked about so many different things going on over at the Shutter streaming service, and they have announced that they, over at Shutter, have surpassed uh, the one million subscriber mark. Nice. Uh, oh, nice. so pretty cool. Um, you know, Shutter's a pretty cool streaming service if you're into the genre. Um, yep. I have. To I say, love it that when I first heard about it, uh, I was skeptical um, when Mm. I first heard about it and first got a chance to kind of browse their library. I was then even more skeptical. And, you know, I mean, this goes back because they've been around since uh, 2015 or 2016 by now. Um, So this goes back a ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there's been attempts – before not necessarily like a horror themed streaming service, but there have been like horror movie uh, cable channels 
Uh, yeah. There's one yeah. specifically uh, that I'm that I'm that I that I'm thinking of, but I just can't remember what it was called. Chiller. There was Chiller. Uh, uh, maybe it was Chiller, and but that, was, that just uh, wasn't successful. Um, no. Nope. So when Chiller well. came along, we were not yet in the place of where we are now with the wide assortment of streaming services. But Shutter is such a such a niche market, you know. It's not like a, mm-hmm. a a widespread kind of service. But to hear that they've hit a million subscribers, you know, that's that's fantastic. And uh, they have made this announcement, and they said that their uh, their original programming, uh, you know, and and giving Creepshow the biggest the Creepshow series the biggest shout out uh, was yeah. something that definitely played a part in drawing people to their service and their growth. Uh, but they've also had success, they say, with their original, uh, their originals, their other original, uh, the Cursed Films show. And, yeah. and King, you've, you've watched that one, right, Cursed Films? Yep. I watched all the episodes, yeah. It's fantastic. Fantastic six episodes here. Yeah, I'm gonna have to, I have to check that out. I haven't seen it yet. But also, you know, they've had some of their own films, like The Room and Z and The Beach House and Host that have gained a following. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they had their, their Adorados, uh, which has, you know, received some wider viewing outside of uh, their streaming service. And they've done really well. Apparently, uh, the last drive-in stuff they've done with, uh, with Mr. Briggs has been uh, widely successful as well. So Shutter continues to grow. Uh, they've been available in USA, Canada, Germany, UK, and Ireland, but they've now spread to, in August, they spread to Australia and New Zealand. Uh, so their reach cool. is growing well. And when all is said and done, uh, that only bodes well for us, the fans of horror, because the more successful they are, uh, the more original content they'll produce, the, the, the higher profile properties they'll be able to acquire. <clears throat> and uh, there'll be more horror for all of us nerds that love said horror. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. And they're always adding yeah. more every day. I know. I know. Go ahead, monkey. <laughs> you just started with yeah, your, your shutter experience, so there you go. Yes, I have, and um, I counted up how many movies I watched so far, and I watched eighty nine out of the three hundred and fifty five movies. <laughs> um, you're getting there. Like that. You're, you're getting there. Jesus Christ, man! And you have a fucking wife too. How the hell do you have the time for that shit? <laughs> no, I'm saying like I I I went through all of the, the the entire catalog of what they had, all right, and I counted how many I've seen out of what of what they have so far. Oh, okay, you you, so didn't, you of, haven't oh, viewed, oh, you haven't well, viewed that, yeah, monkeys, that sucks. I thought you watched 89 movies. I was so fucking proud of you. I'm like, there it is. There's my guy. No, you just noticed 89 movies that you've seen. That's fucked up, dude. You don't got that 30 days forever, pal. Uh, yeah, we'll I will say <laughs> their, uh, their, small their service, catalog. I believe, is what it's it's five ninety nine, right? Yeah, that's what I pay most. So it's five ninety nine. Now I don't know about you guys, but uh, I have Amazon Prime. It works out perfectly uh, every year. Uh, our re our re upping for Amazon Prime is our ho- our holiday gift from my sister in law. Uh, oh sweet! So it's okay. just perfect. And that's just like every yeah. year, like she just re-ups our prime as our gift. And if you that's get Shutter through, if you get Shutter, uh, you can get Shutter through Prime. It's only four ninety nine. So, um, 
Ooh. That's pretty sweet. So I pay four ninety nine for Shutter. So, and I'm pretty sure that if you search around on the internet, that you can find deals for even as low as. I haven't confirmed that wow. with my own eyes, but I but I read about that somewhere. Yeah. Well, must be found yeah, the promo code. That, That's how he got the thirty days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I believe if you actually do the um w- with Shutter, if you pay the full uh twelve months in advance, then it breaks down to about three ninety nine a month. So if you do one bulk sum, then you can get it that way. Hmm. Well, it's I mean fucking I mean three ninety nine, four ninety nine, five ninety nine. Mm. All the fucking mm. content that they have, that's a fucking bargain, as far as I'm mm. concerned. Mm. Yeah, and I'm just hoping though that Shutter doesn't get too carried away like Netflix did for a while, where you know the only thing it seemed like you were finding on Netflix was Netflix original material, and I'm hoping Shutter doesn't get too carried away and remembers to keep putting stuff out there that is not material of their own. Well, I mean, there's categories. I mean, that's the biggest thing about Shutter is that they keep everything in category form. So they do have a separate section for Shutter Originals. So the brand new shit that they're acquiring and they're going to release on the network, you know, that's that original section. But then they have the classic slashers and the alien movies and zombies and vampires. And so I think they have a good model, you know, with how they categorize everything. So like they couldn't be like Netflix and get to just be like, oh, we're just all original shit now. We don't have any fucking movies that you want to watch. (laughs) Like, <laughs> I don't think they're going to get like that, you know. I mean, but then again, I haven't watched Netflix in the longest time, so it could be like that. I know everybody's talking about Ratchet, that new series with uh, Sarah Paulson. My mother watched um, I, You know, uh, I've seen I've seen the trailer for it, and it's, you know, from my perspective, it looks, you know, it, it looks exactly like something from Ryan Murphy. Like completely, yeah. That's about. Um, mm-hmm. Just, just on appearances alone, um, I have heard some, you know, as far as actually watching it and actually sitting down with the content, I've heard a lot of mixed things about it. Me too. I heard that it just plays out like an American Horror Story season. So it's like, yeah, oh, I haven't watched it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched it for myself yet, mm-hmm. so I don't have an opinion. I'm just saying, saying what I heard. Yeah, and no, I, I also, I, just, I also. Yeah. I think that it's an interesting uh, character study and an interesting concept and everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've both read and seen one flew over the cuckoo's nest. I just, I just don't know how, I don't think I'm going to watch it. You know, I just don't know that I'm no. all that. There's so much shit out there that is on my never ending list that I just, yeah. I would be like betraying something else if I were to use my, the, 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 the very limited valuable viewing time that I can fit into my life. Uh, I just I don't think it's going to make the cut for me. No, I completely I so. understand. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus, it's yeah. how can you replace Louise Fletcher? You know, I mean, I, I don't think she's with us anymore, but still, I just nothing could top that performance by Louise Fletcher in One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. I think it was just a perfect fucking character study of a nurse in a psychiatric hospital. And, you know, trying to maintain composure, but losing control at the same time. So Sarah Paulson, I don't think he's going to pull it because I don't. I didn't like her that much. But also with Shudder, uh, Adam Green's Holliston, season one and two, and the Christmas special are on there for free. So, Monkey, you could watch it. Anybody else that has Shudder, you could watch it, too. And I highly fucking recommend it. I've been talking about Holliston for fucking years. It's such a perfect yeah, blend have. of horror and comedy. <laughs> and D. fucking Snyder is on it. And it just says Lance Rocket. So, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of good shit with Holliston. And all the episodes are up there. And if enough people fucking like it, maybe we can get a season three exclusively on Shudder which is what I'm fingers crossed hoping for because, yeah, I'm, I'm a, a huge Holliston mark, so I'm happy to be there. So if you guys want well, to check it out, it's there. 
Well, that being said, how do you think you would place Odorous on the show? He has a way to do it. He already figured it out. Because originally season three oh. was supposed to be all about Scumdogia, and it was going to be Adam Green being stuck on Scumdogia in prison because oh. they stuck him there. <laughs> so it was all going to be Scumdogia, and all the members of Guar were going to be there, and he had this whole thing, and then Brocky passed away. So he ended up rewriting season three, and he has this idea for season three that he already said, it's already done. It's just a matter of filming it. So he's hoping that the numbers on Shudder are good enough that Shudder says, you know what, let's, let's do one for you. You know, since it's so successful on our streaming service, let's do season three. So that's, I know a lot of people like myself are hoping for that. So we'll see, you know, we'll see if it, it, it gets high enough to, uh, you know, warn a season three, even though without Brock, yeah, it's going to be tough because he was such a good character. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely a fun late night drunk stoner show. <laughs> yeah. And just, it's a show not to be taken seriously and just so I can watch it and have a good time. That's all it is. Just a, a parody of a sitcom with a lot of horror and a lot of, of comedy with it, but so, yeah, just definitely check that out. But, all right, Dean, uh, what's going on next? Well, let me tell you what's going on next. Clive Barker. All oh, right. Oh, okay. Clive Barker. He has written yeah. many volumes, uh, his books of blood. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of those include uh, Rawhead Rex and the King's Favorite Candyman the and, Forbidden, the yeah. Midnight, and the Midnight Meat Train. Clive Barker, uh, Books of Blood, uh, anthology film, is going to debut on Hulu on October 7th. Uh, there's going to be a few different segments, of which I was not able to identify uh, yet what segments those were. Uh, but you, if you are a fan of the Clive Barker Books of Blood, uh, there's going to be a Hulu exclusive anthology film. That's coming October 7th. Uh, I will add to that that uh, I put it up on the Facebook page today that they did announce that one of the entries is going to be the Book of Blood, uh, which is one of the stories from that short story collection that Barker wrote. But he also decided to write two additional new stories with the director, Brandon Braga, and uh, Cameron Simon, who also wrote the series. So it's going to be two brand new stories from Barker. Uh, and the two directors, as well as uh, The Book of Blood, which was also made into a movie back in 2009 called Books of Blood, which is not a very good movie, but uh, we're checking out if you want to check out how they did it. It's not bad. <laughs> but well, it's I mean, not the how, Book of Blood how, I many, how many stories are they going to try and fit into this one movie? I mean, I they did Rawhead Rex, and that movie is fucking atrocious, so they can keep trying. How is the? Did any of you have any of you seen the Midnight Meat Train? Yes, I've seen it numerous times. I love the Midnight Meat Train with Vinnie Jones and and Bradley it's Cooper. Good. It's a great it's movie. Yeah, I'm assuming you have too, Dean. I have not seen it. That's why I was asking. Oh, well, you got to. It's fun. A lot I'm of good I remember. You like I, Vinnie like, Jones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do. I. I I am trying to think of what I was seeing, what film I was. I would maybe I would have to look at what year it came out, but I remember I was seeing something and it was the trailer, and like the tra- And I was not familiar with the, with the with the books of blood. I was not familiar with Midnight Me Train at all. I never heard of it. And this trailer came on, and like it looked pretty intense. But then I remember when the title came on, there were there were two specific trailers in in the advance of this one film. Uh, that just were uh, the title Midnight Meat Train. Like when you first hear it, it's really fucking funny, and uh, yeah. you know, especially <laughs> the, the trailer that comes with it. 
And shit, man. Maybe it was when it, maybe it was when I saw Land of the Dead. Maybe I'd have to look at the years because it, it would have had to have been a horror movie. Uh, yeah. Where they show a trailer like that, you know. So it must have been. It might have been Land of the Dead, but I'd have to go and look. But then also in that same fucking trailer, there was some in the same in that same set of trailers before whatever film it was. There was also a, like a like a vampire kind of thing that was like this gothic whatever, and it was called Blood and Chocolate. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. But oh man, that's just, a werewolf man. That's a vampire movie. Yeah, whatever, man. I saw the fucking trailer. I don't remember yeah. the details, but all I know is when they like announced the, the title, movie. it sucks. When the it title, sucks. when the title dramatically came across the screen, and like the <laughs> movie trailer voice was like blood and chocolate, the whole the fucking theater just started fucking cracking up so hard. It was so funny. I think I was with the ghoul. I have to check in with him about that and see if he remembers. And I never heard, I never seen that film anywhere ever again. I never saw it on TV. I never saw it on, like, I never saw it anywhere, like, ever. So, it's just, I just, it was, it was one of those moments in the theater where, like, there's this, like, massive trailer and this absurd (laughs) title and everybody fucking laughed. Blood and Chocolate came around the same time as Twilight, and they were trying to do something similar, but with werewolves. And that was the whole point where you have a werewolf uh, named Vivian and there's a dude that she falls in love with, but he's human and it's about her being with him. But it's like, you can't have that when you're a werewolf, you have to be with another werewolf and it's this whole fucking complex. So it's like, they were trying to, they were trying to capitalize on Twilight by making a, a werewolf romantic movie, but it just, it just sucked. Like it just, it was worse than Twilight in a lot of ways. And I had so much uh, kind of anticipation for it because it was a werewolf movie, and I feel like werewolves never really got their just due. So, like, werewolf movies uh, post-American uh, Werewolf in London just hasn't been that great. I, I, I kind of disagree a little bit, man. Uh, while there has hmm. not been, since American Werewolf in London, like, yeah, there hasn't been, like, a huge amount of incredible werewolf movies, but... I think that that Dog Soldiers is an outstanding entry in the werewolf universe, and the first um, the first Ginger Snaps is pretty fucking good too. Yeah, I mean, there's there's been some, which is I feel like there's just little specks, you know, where I just I want more werewolf mm-hmm. movies, and I think that they're out there. I just think we have to find them, you know. Just didn't I Didn't I have a Didn't I have a a werewolf uh, movie pick uh, in sometime in, in the last year or so? I feel like I had a werewolf movie pick. You may have. Uh, to look up I don't remember what it was. Guide. Was it wrong? Yeah, I know we covered dog soldiers. No, we, we no, covered that a long wrong? time ago. Oh, yeah. okay. It, we we yeah, definitely we covered, covered dog, dog soldiers. Um, but and but that's not what I'm snaps. thinking of. That's not what I'm thinking of. We covered Ginger Snaps, too. Um, yeah, we did. Yeah. Oh, oh we, we, we covered the one with the uh, um, senior citizen in the old folks' home. Yes. Oh yeah. Late phases. Late Late phases. phases. Yeah. Late phases. Which wasn't wasn't bad. It wasn't you know, but it just. um, I think I would definitely give it more towards Ginger Snaps, just because it's it's the 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 way that that movie was presented. Plus it had Ginger Snaps was better than that. And Ginger Snaps. I know this is not our topic of conversation, but I hadn't even heard (laughs) of that movie. And like one night, late night, flipping channels, it was starting, and I just watched it randomly and and like without knowing anything about it at all. And and it was one of those where you just kind of like were very pleasantly surprised by something you had never heard of. So uh, that, that was yeah, pretty cool. I, I agree. I saw that. Um, all right. So yeah, what's uh, next? Uh, entering, you know, the, the ever, ever, ever expanding world of Stephen King. Uh, I have not seen the three seasons of the Mr. Mercedes Stephen King series. 
I don't know if any of you mm-hmm. have seen any of Mr. Mercedes. I watched the first um, season. So there were three seasons uh, that aired on something called the Audience Network. Uh, it's mm-hmm. based oh. on a novel in King's Bill Hodges series, uh, Mr. Mercedes, End of Watch, and Finders Keepers. Uh, Audience Network has announced that they, uh, they, the Audience Network folded and turned into some kind of preview channel thing attached, I think, to HBO Max somehow. But they have absolved themselves of the Mr. Mercedes property. And it seems that NBC Peacock has swooped in and acquired uh, the Mr. Mercedes uh, existing seasons. And on October 15th, they are going to load the first two seasons of Mr. Mercedes. And then the third season they will put on uh, a little bit later at a date that has not yet been announced. And uh, they have said that they don't know if they're going to uh, rebirth the series and give it new life with more. But being that that is the end of the Bill Hodges series, uh, the writers would have to obviously create new content. But that is a discussion for a time in the future. But if you were interested in Mr. Mercedes and were hoping for a chance to see it, you will once again have a chance to see it. Hmm. Well, cool. Check that out. I mean, I only saw the first season. I, I read the, the three books, and they, they were not my thing. It took me a long time to get through those three books because it's, it's Stephen King trying the whole crime fiction thing that he does the pulp sort of stories and i just i can't dig on those i like it when he just does you know spooky shit Not the, you okay know, wait wait the, wait uh, okay, you know. okay all right we 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 have to sit there and put a record on this that stephen king wrote something that the king of horror does not like yeah he's, he's written a couple things i don't like I, I, yeah, like you know I, mean, I still love him as an author he's my favorite but he you know he has misses you know i've never gotten through the dark tower series me neither, man. I, I, the ghoul oof, tried damn. tried so hard. I'm sorry. Yeah, the ghoul tried so hard to, to sell that shit to me um, on how great it was and, like, made me borrow the books. And I read – I think I read the first book only. Maybe I read the first two. Um, but it just, it, just, it just wasn't for me in the King universe. It was not for me. No, couldn't do it. Couldn't, couldn't get through it. It was just – it wasn't – I, 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 I don't do. like fantasy. And, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, and it, and it might be time for me to do this. I know that it's been it's been several years worth of Stephen King uh, releases since I last read a King book. I had like not read King for a long time, and I'm now going back probably like five years ago now, uh, went back and started to read some of his uh, current offerings at the time. Like I had read Under the Dome, and I had read Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three, and mm. some of the others of that time period. And I was like, "All right, this is awesome. I'm into Stephen King again." And then it once again, it's uh, it's been a while, uh, so I have to look at what's come out the last few years and maybe maybe read some Stephen King. I do have the one in my house. I had gotten it from the library, and since my library is closed now because of COVID, I still have it. The one I know they're making mm. a film of it. It was a, one of the Bachman books. The one uh, it's either called The Long Walk or The Longest Walk. Uh, I have that one. The long walk uh, yeah. on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you like that. Yeah, I thought that I was enjoyed short, that one. Yeah, I thought that was one of the short stories that was in the collected volumes. Which one? No, they released that separately. The, the long walk. I mean, the the version maybe it was, but the version I got from my local library was a singular book. Yeah, yeah, they did release oh, okay. a singular version of the long walk. They did a couple of those for the Richard Bachman stories. You know, they released um, collections and they also released some of them separately. Um, and the long walk was one of them. 
Okay, because when I read it, it was collected in the Bachman books, and man, it's like, mm-hmm. while it's a great story, it's like, I don't know how they're going to turn that into a damn movie, man. It's just... <laughs> you don't see it? I see it. I mean, I you know, I mean, it, I don't see it being like a two-hour fucking epic, but a, a quick 80 to 90 minute movie? Yeah, I could definitely see that. Plus, you know, they can expand oh. on shit, you, you know. They always do. We'll see. Or, or you know, yeah. I could easily see it like becoming a creep show episode. You know, that that could definitely work. You know, if they actually get, gave the entire running time for the the walk, then you could no. definitely do that. Creep show is going to remain it's remaining two episodes a shot uh, as they move forward and uh, with with it. And I think I have some creep show news when we get lit further into my my pages. Okay. Okay. Right. So what's next? <laughs> so anyway. Turning the page, uh, a couple of things have fired <laughs> up the, couple of things have fired up the uh, fired up the engines. Uh, Scream Five is to begin filming this month. Uh, whatever safety measures have to be put in place uh, has been put in place, and Scream Five will be shooting this month. And also, uh, five days from now, on September 28th, Stranger Things season four is going to resume production in Georgia. Uh, the there's been no talk of when season four will be ready, but quote insiders unquote say maybe sometime late 2021. Uh, but uh, in just a few short days, Stranger Things uh, season four will resume production after having to put the brakes on because of COVID. Yeah, well, uh, cool. didn't you put a didn't you put a thing up on the Talking Terror page about Supernatural also began? To resume shooting as well. Oh yeah, they're done. They already wrapped. They uh, they finished that um, earlier this month. So they filmed the last like five episodes, and then the I think it premieres next week, the final season on CW, and then the beginning of October is going to be the last episode. So I think there's only like five left. Um, so yeah, that show's finally ending. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to complain about that, but I did think it's cool that Jensen Ackles got to keep the car. That is one fucking yeah. cheap, you know, ride that they had. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> was cool. They he was able yeah. to talk him into that. <laughs> well, he, yeah, he begged, man. So I mean, I would have too. I was like, dude, just give me the car. Give me the car. Give me the car. I can't say it. I don't care. You know, I'll take a pay cut. Just give me the car. Because I mean, that's something that definitely gonna want to hold on to. Because otherwise, what do you think they would do? They'd probably junk it. I mean, it's after, you know, what else are they gonna do it with? I guess take it around on tours. Mm. I don't know. They would have supernatural tours. They touched the car <laughs> that Jensen Ackles and, yeah. and this Jared Padalki wrote in. Coming across the country now, Supernatural on tour, coming to a coliseum near you. <laughs> All that fan yeah. girls. Oh, we love you, Sam and Dean. Ah. <laughs> yeah, and we're never coming back to television until next year, where it's like, ah, oh, we're back anyway. We're gonna do a side series, <laughs> The Lost Adventures of Sam and Dean. Yeah. I mean, it's at season 15, people. I think we can give up now. <laughs> but, yeah, but, uh, all right, Dean, so what's next? The Friday the 13th lawsuit stuff continues to drag on. I have no idea uh, whether – Really? Heard, I have no updates about I have no updates about that. Yeah. But I don't know if COVID has uh, put the brakes on that right now or if proceedings continue. I have no idea. But I was surprised to hear about this because I have not looked up how old this particular game is. But apparently uh, there is a game called Friday the 13th Killer Puzzle, uh, 
uh, that's been mm-hmm. a super popular game on Nintendo Switch uh, that features 150 different puzzle games uh, spread over what they call 12 different episodes, and there's all kinds of unlockables in different locations and different Jasons. Well, this, this game is now moving over to the Xbox One uh, to be played there. So I'm assuming that this is an older game, of course, because we know nothing can happen with anything related to Friday the 13th. Uh, but this is, are you, any of you familiar with this game? Do you guys know about this game? I, yeah, I, I have never it. heard of yeah. this game. I played it and I know that the ghoul played the shit out of it for like a month straight. He was telling me about killer puzzle and how he was fucking doing it. And, uh, I tried it it's just, it wasn't for me, but it's fun just because it's the Friday 13th property. But yeah, you'd have to ask the, uh, the ghoul about it more than me. Cause I played it once and I was kind of bored one of those shifting puzzle games where you got to shift the pieces over to move Jason to a victim. And once you do it, Jason kills the victim and it's fun and, you know, but nah, it's boring real fast for me. <laughs> and the graphics look horrible, man. I'm looking at it now. Well, I like, mean, wow, this is... <laughs> what do you mean? I give it a pass. It's a, it, was a, it was a fucking mobile game. I mean, what do you expect? Like hyper-realistic graphics? I mean, it's supposed to be cartoony. Supposed to look comical over the top. Okay, all right. <clears throat> yeah, so well, I know you you're, you're all about graphics, but it's like, come on, dude. Like it's just it's a little you know I, mobile I, game going. I'm to... just I'm I'm just about solid graphics. That's all. It's like they don't even have to be the best. You know, I don't need you know the Resident Evil quality all the time. You know, because I play some silly games that have you know bad graphics in them. They just you know got to be interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Moving on, Dean. What so, else we got? TV slash Scream Factory, uh, just like AMC and just like Netflix and just like Shutter, have announced their 31 Nights of Horror to celebrate the horror, uh, the Halloween season, uh, starting hmm. October 1st. Uh, and for a change, something Pacific time, but 7 p.m. Pacific time uh, every night oh. in October. On the Shout Factory TV website, they will be live streaming uh, different classic horror movies, such as uh, things like Witchboard and Sleepaway Camp and Nightbreed and more. Uh, They also are going to be, on certain nights, streaming some of the horror-themed episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000, uh, such as uh, Blood Beast and uh, Torch Touch, excuse me, Touch of Satan, uh, so horror movies, classic horror movies, Mystery Science Theater, 3000, uh, every night, 7 p.m. Pacific time on Shout Factory TV, mm. Scream Factory for their 31 nights of horror. I love the fucking oh, Halloween yeah, season, t- man. The, 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 like, every so year, like, the, the choices and the options like just get better and better um, every year. Like, obviously, you know, as, as far as I can remember, like someone always would be showing – like Halloween movies, like like the the Michael Myers Halloween movies in the season and whatnot, and but like over like I feel like over the last five years or so, like it's just exploded everywhere, and there's just there's so many great choices, and it, it just makes me so happy. Mm. Like when the season gets here, like in just a few more days, like every fucking channel is going to be showing fucking shit for the season. It's, it's such an exciting time. I love it. <laughs> and I don't know. If we, awesome I don't know if we brought it up, but AMC. But- AMC with their Fear Fest this year, 2020, they're not doing it at the end of the fucking month like they've been doing it for like a week or two. This month, they're going to do 
every fucking day. 31 days. Yeah, man. Of, of it's like a gift. It's a gift, it's a gift to all of us. It's a gift to all of us who have been fucking sitting in quarantine going out of our fucking minds, you know? And it's awesome that they're doing it. I love it. You know, like the more, yeah. and like I can't even vouch for how much of it I'm actually going to get to see, but the fact that it's <laughs> yeah. there, the fact that it's there yeah. and happening, mm. and that like if I do get the chance, mm. like I don't have to like cue something up. I don't have to say, oh, I want to watch this particular movie. Let me go to a streaming service or let me, you know, find where I can watch it. Like it's going to be there for me to see. It's very exciting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and speaking of which, because I, I will bet any amount of money that you all have seen this uh, happening on channels when they show this stuff, I want to ask you if you have any theories. Uh, the ghoul had a theory that I didn't agree with, but sometimes you'll be watching and you'll see, oh, look, AMC is showing uh, a Halloween marathon and they're showing all the original Michael Myers movies. And you watch and they show like Halloween and then Halloween 2. And then they show Halloween five, and then they show Halloween four. Uh, do, do you have any idea why that, why something like that might happen? And the reason I bring it up is that the ghoul and I just had a big conversation because recently uh, one of those channels was doing a Rocky marathon, and they showed Rocky one, two, three, four, six, five. Um, it just makes no sense to me. Uh, so, have you ever seen something like that taking place? And do you have any theories on why that might happen? I know with AMC, it's Halloween 2 and uh, Halloween 6. They're usually the ones that they don't play uh, when it comes to Fear Fest. Usually they play Halloween, and then they'll play the Rob Zombie movies, and then they'll play 4 and 5. Um, yeah, but, 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 but when, when, right you do get into, for, for when you do get into something, but sometimes they'll show, they'll show Halloween 5, and right after it, they'll show Halloween 4. Like, why would they do oh, that? Oh, you meant that, that way. You meant, oh, okay. That's, yeah. yeah, that's what that's I'm talking weird. about. Like, yeah. like AMC, just like a week or two ago, and this led to the discussion, and I know as a fact that it's happened with the Halloween movies, they were showing, the, like I said, the Rocky Marathon, and they showed them all. Yeah. But they showed, and the order they showed them was one, two, three, four, six, five. What was the yeah. cool theory? You know, I would have to go back into our text messages, but his was something about like maybe you know one movie being more popular than the other movie, and like and and because because part six is more popular than part five, so get people that have been watching the marathon to to stick with it versus changing the channel. But I don't I don't buy that because I really don't think that the programming like goes that deep. Like I don't think people like there's a programming team sitting around weighing the merits of the popularity of the series. Yeah. Like if you're doing an all day marathon, so. just to flip flop six and five, like from a two hour span, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So I just, no, I've just been, been so weird. curious. And I've never done any research onto why that might be happening. Mm-hmm. And maybe one day I'll even pick up the phone or send an email to AMC and try to find out. But like, it just confuses <laughs> me because I know it happens with Halloween sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and I can understand if it's a thing about you know. You, I well, I understand if it's a thing of you know you, they just couldn't get the rights to certain movies, so they're running the ones that they have, you know that kind of thing. But at the same, but like the dean was saying, if you only have one, two, and six or whatever, then run them in order. Don't flip flop them around and whatnot. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I don't understand. I I definitely don't think there's a group of people going. Well, everybody likes Rocky Five. Let's play Rocky Five. Like you know, I don't think it's like that. <laughs> I, I just I think it's probably maybe a mix up in the programming, you know, where they just they throw it on and then they well whatever nobody's gonna notice nobody likes these fucking movies and meanwhile I'm like hey man five doesn't come before four like I gotta see the fucking four before I see five I know it's in a million times but you gotta play them in order on TV 
I'm having a Halloween marathon. <laughs> like, I will put my Halloween 2 disc in after Halloween 1 is over, but still, <laughs> I need to get that part 4 first. But that's just what I'm saying. Like, if you're airing this yeah. stuff, like, why would mm-hmm. you show part 5 immediately after show part 4? It just doesn't make sense to me. And I just don't know the no. reason for that. Maybe maybe that's a project for myself to research it, because maybe I'm the only one that fucking cares. But who fucking knows? <laughs> yeah, but now I'm kind of like, now I'm digging in this. I'm like, yeah, why do they do that? Now I'm fucking I mean, concerned. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed it, but it happens. I haven't. You know, and but like, now that you think about speak, it, I have seen I can't, Halloween 5 I can't and 4. Speak. and Yeah. Yeah. I can't speak if that ever happens, like with the Friday the 13th when they're showed on like, like the like like Sci-Fi Network does a Friday the Thirteenth marathon, or AMC does. Um, one of the one of the like I use I've, I know I've said many times on the show that I use uh, Sling for my TV, and I do pay like like with my uh, Sling subscription, I do pay like an extra couple bucks to get like maybe maybe it's like the Epics channels, uh, and they've been mm-hmm. showing, you know, in the proper order, but only these two. They've been showing a lot. Uh, I've seen these and I've watched them so many times lately because they show them a lot, but they've been showing Friday the 13th part three and then Friday the 13th yeah. part four, but those are the only two they've been showing. So I've, I've seen those two. They're very fresh in my mind. I've watched them a lot lately. Um, I have not seen this kind of marathon issue on any like premium movie service. It's always on like, like an AMC or like a network. It's only, it's always on channels like that. So um, I'll be paying close attention as the season kicks off, because I know that it's probably going to happen uh, with the Halloween movies. Cause it happens every time. And I like my, my, my wife who is not interested in the horror genre at all. Like I like rant about it to her. I'm like, why are they doing this? And she's like, why are you doing this? Um, but anyway. just, just go back to watching hockey, honey. <laughs> yeah. Dean's got his big fucking string board, fucking chain smoking cigarettes going, there's gotta be a fucking pattern. Don't you see the pattern? <laughs> I don't smoke cigarettes. You got it up for three days. Give it a rest. Give it a rest. <laughs> okay, what else? Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. You know, when this next property, when I heard about this project, I was excited uh, because I have such fond memories of the source material. And then uh, I guess I just lost track of the news and then never even realized that it was there. And it's going to be no more. But Netflix's uh dark crystal reboot after one season has had the plug pulled uh there will be no more Thank dark God. crystal um oh, i have oh, to God. say that from when i was a kid i loved <laughs> the dark crystal movie um and i was like oh cool like that like w- like in modern like with modern technology like they probably can do a pretty good job and they announced they were going to have a series and after just this one season it's i didn't even realize that it had come on to netflix like my netflix search yeah. my netflix algorithm you know, I have, you know, the Netflix, when you search for shit on Netflix and put things on your watch list, like the algorithm gets tailored to your interests. And, you know, my, mm. my Netflix algorithm, you know, trends toward, not fully, but trends toward the genre. And like, I just feel like I've never even seen it in the lists. I've, you know, I didn't mm. even know it was there. So I haven't mm. seen a minute of it, but it's going to, it's coming to an end. That's it. Once it's okay. done. Uh, okay. I can weigh in on this. All right. This is a project that works at, this has been no seriously. This has been a project that has been in the works since 1999. All right, because I knew friends that were actually working on the original um, push for this program. Um, Dweezil Zappa was supposed to be involved with it, and uh, as creative insight and stuff like that, 
And they eventually came and got this thing released. I was all excited, got into it. Uh, Brian Henson, son of Jim, uh, and along with um, Brian Froud's son, collaborated together to sit there and do the show. They got the show together, and they were like, hey, we're bringing back the world of the Dark Crystal. We're going to do this. We're going to do minimum CGI. We're going to do a, t- a ton of actual real, real puppetry. And I was all stoked. I was super excited because I fucking love Dark Crystal. I love Labyrinth. I love the art of Brian Froud. And when this show finally came along, I was so fucking upset. Um, just because I'm the only spoiler I'm going to give is they take the role of the Dark Crystal pre. Um, you can give you know, spoilers then. Falling, eh. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just saying this, this is pre, you know pre <laughs> everything falling apart, pre great conjunction, and the, they take the role of the Dark Crystal and then try and shove a bunch of Game of Thrones drama into it, and it fucking just grated on me, man. It's like, <laughs> you know, it it got to me because the world the world of the Dark Crystal is just a fun, fun, happy, innocent time for me, like you said, you know, growing up, watching it and stuff like that. Check it out and see what you think. Um, it's just for me. I'm good. It, it, no, I'm yeah. talking to the dean. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm good. I was going to say, you better not be talking to me. Yeah, it, yeah it's just to me, to, me, to me, it just wasn't the same feel as the original film <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. All right. Thank you for the context. I had no idea about a lot of that stuff. There you go. All right. What's next? So, we have talked uh, so many times on the show about everyone's or no one's favorite streaming service, Quibi. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. I remember that. Quibi News. And, and, and let me just say, all right, while, while you all chuckle and laugh uh, right back there, I hear you. Uh, I am the one person from our program who took the 90-day the free trial, and though about 70 mm-hmm. days went by before I actually took a peek, uh, I did kind of venture in there. And although I only watched one thing on there, and I talked about it on the show, I watched the episodes they had up of Sam Raimi's 50 States of Fright, and I found those four right. episodes that I watched to be absolutely delightful and even went so far as to say that it might have been even a little more enjoyable than Shudder's Creepshow series. Now, with that being oh. said, uh, Quibi has uh, been a massive disappointment out of the gate uh, with the amount of downloads. Uh, when it was first, when it first came out, like after the first week, it like dropped off the top list of downloads in like the the the, the iOS store and the and the the uh, the store the Droid store. Um, yeah. So, uh, no, so based on that. Uh, Quibi has where it was strictly uh, producing their content for streaming on devices uh, had changed. I don't even know this, but they had changed their uh, their presentation parameters uh, to no longer just be mobile only uh, that they now were now their contents was supported uh, through TV things such as like Fire Stick as well as on computers. Um, Now there's rumors going around that the the, the the top of Quibi, uh, they're looking for new investors. Uh, they're looking to either find new investors <laughs> to pump some much needed cash into the coffers, 
or uh, they are looking to flat out sell Quibi entirely, or uh, it's possible that they're going to try to sell off some of their more popular properties, such as 50 States of Fright, uh, The Fugitive Reboot, uh, there's something called The Strangers, uh, and like a modern telling of the most dangerous game, which have been like the most popular items on Quibi, that they might look to sell those off mm. to other streaming properties such as Netflix and Hulu and the like and shut it down completely. Uh, so it remains to be seen what the future holds, but the future is not looking mm. good for Quibi. And I know like the name of the streaming service itself is kind of silly, but like, and because it stands for Quick Bites, but like the concept was kind of cool. Uh, when I watched the, you know, the four episodes that I watched that were available of 50 States of Fright, uh, each one of them was like three to four episodes long, and each episode was like seven to ten minutes. Um, it was pretty cool like, to watch it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, serial, serial dramas and, and, and has been around for like that for a long, long, long time, like maybe like almost 100 years. But, uh, you know, just they just – I guess they, they, they just under – estimated what viewers would be looking for. Uh, I know their mindset was to try to capture that kind of short attention span of the younger crowd, but it just, it just hasn't worked. Um, but again, 50 states of fight, 50 states of fright, if they're still offering a trial, like it's, it's really good guys. I, I really enjoyed it. There's four stories and I, I did really enjoy watching them. So I, I would hope that if they do shut down, that that is a property that gets picked up by something like Netflix or Prime or something, especially because Raimi is an established name. So anyway, oh, yeah. that's what's going on in the world of Quibi. So it's like I never see ads for Quibi on TV or anything like that. You know, when I'm watch, you know, going to watch wrestling with the King every Friday night, you, you never see see any ads popping up. Going, not anymore. You know, not anymore. You saw no. Yeah. You saw a lot of ads around its launch, and there was a lot of stuff in social media feeds hello yep wow okay oh i guess we lost well, the I think for, a second. for a second uh okay so <laughs> we'll just continue until his mic oh nope he dropped for a second okay uh, so hopefully he comes back quick because we were talking about quibi yeah yeah i haven't i haven't checked it out myself i just i haven't bothered with it and you know not to I know we we make jokes about Quibi and stuff like that, but I mean it's it's a interesting thought, you know, for such a quick world that we live in. Like the the dean has always said, you know, ten minute clips. I mean that's perfect, you know, for somebody that's on the go and just wants to get something quick. But um, you oh know, yeah, it's a great fright, concept. It could be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know it sounds like a cool concept. It's just you know like we the dean has said so many times before. It's just lack of material. You know, it's like okay, you know. <laughs> you know, like you know, growing up in the '90s, dude. You know how how many Sega systems did we see? You know, coming through through, through the Toys R Uses. You know, brand new Sega system every other year, but they had no video games for it. I don't know what happened. Yeah, but exactly. I was given the boot, but but now I'm back. Okay, welcome back. All right, All right cool. All right, yeah. so wrapping up with Quibi. What's next, Dean? But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, as I think about all of the different things going on out there, that that Quibi news was the last piece. Uh, that I had on on my on my list here on the docket, as they say in the okay. legal world. Um, and that's right. So I think All I right. was just saying um, as, as we were wrapping up that part of the discussion that I hope that you know if it shuts down, I would hope to that Fifty States of Fright 
finds a life somewhere else because it really would be worth it. Yeah, I mean, and and just what before you came back on, I was saying that you know I, I think with a name like Sam Raimi behind it, I could see Netflix picking it. Maybe even Shutter picks it up. You know, maybe Shutter you know will be the one to step in and say, hey, listen, since we're doing so fucking great, you know, let's get Sam Raimi's project underneath here. We already have Host, you know, and that was enough for Sam Raimi to want to hook up with Rob Savage, director of that. So I mean, it could be a whole thing where it could bounce around the, the Shutter. So who knows? I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, and if you want to check it out, it is on Quibi. Um, so. Uh, Monkey, if you have anything you want to talk about real quick before you get into the movie, please do. Nope, just let's get on to them Rage Cage, baby. <laughs> Rage Cage. Fucking going to yeah. start hitting my steering wheel and fucking screaming at the top of my lungs. That's what I'm going to do. Fucking, right, so, fucking Rage. <laughs> the car is not happening. <laughs> but anyway, we are, are, are talking about Color Out of Space tonight from 2020, directed by Richard Stanley. Uh, after a meteorite lands in the front yard of their farm, Nathan Gardner and his family find themselves battling a mutant extraterrestrial organism that affects their minds and bodies, transforming their quiet rural life on an alpaca farm into a cosmic technicolor nightmare. Uh, so, yeah, I, there's been adaptations of the Color Out of Space before. Uh, the most famous one that I could think of was from the 80s, starring Will Wheaton, called The Curse. <laughs> which isn't halfway bad. Um, there's a, another one that just came out that that long ago. Uh, but th- to me, this color out of space of Richard Stanley is probably the definitive version that we're going to get, at least for now, of what I was hoping for with color out of space, because that HP Lovecraft story, um, it's a great short story, but Lovecraft, you know, and the monkey has talked about this on air and so have I, he just, he describes stuff with such nonplussed attitudes where he's just like, fuck it, leave it to yourself to figure out what it is. I don't know. It's fucking the abyss, like, you know, just imagine the abyss. But I feel like Richard Stanley <laughs> took that ball and fucking ran with it with this movie where he's like, I know what you want to see. I know you want to see the color. I know you want to see what the fuck is in the color. And I'm going to fucking show it to you. I'm not going to be like Lovecraft. I'm actually going to show it to you. And I think that's visually, I think this movie is fantastic. I think Nicolas Cage, uh, as crazy as he can be at times, I think he's definitely not as cagey. I think he lets other people, you know, act, you know, and then he's just kind of in the background of some scene. So, uh, but without further ado, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Dean first. What do you think about the color out of space? I mean, where, where to start, man. Uh, so I know that <laughs> uh, the, the ghoul had Mandy as his pick, you know, quite some time ago, six months, maybe mm-hmm. within the last, within the last year. And, uh, I know that also, I was also not uh, part of that episode uh, of hmm. reasons of no, which I just don't me remember, him. but also, uh, what's that? It was just me and him for that episode. Monkey couldn't make it either, so it was just me and him yeah. talking, uh, Mandy. Yeah, man. Fucking monkey slacking off once again on the attendance. But anyway. Right? Oh, uh, I watched the movie. I just the, couldn't make the episode. So, <laughs> also, as far as Mandy is concerned, I I still, I have not seen it. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. even get a chance to watch it for, for that particular episode. And so I haven't seen it yet, but I've seen the trailer many times. And, and based on things I've heard, I have a general sense of the insanity uh, that, that goes along with that particular film. Now, it's an interesting case to me because, you know, since, since I'm very young, Nicolas Cage has been part of my life watching him in movies since I'm a little kid. Um, mm mm-hmm. From, uh, I'm trying to think back to the what what might have been the first movie that I've seen him in, uh, but 
I can't think of it right now. It's possible that the first time I've seen Nicolas Cage in the film was in the fantastic Raising Arizona from the Coen oh, Brothers. Oh, love it. Um, uh, yeah, that okay. came out uh, probably like 87, 88-ish, some 11, 12 years old. Uh, that was, I've seen that movie a million times. Nicolas Cage, I've been watching films in Nicolas, with Nicolas Cage, uh, you know, for a, a huge portion of my life. And um, mm-hmm. I'm pulling up his filmography right now just because I want to make sure that I have um, you sure? You sure? What Firebirds? <laughs> no, no, not 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 the first thing. Uh, I want to make sure that I have um, that I have uh, my context correct uh, when we talk about this. As far as he was in Fast Times, I think that might have been the first comes, movie. Yes, um, because it comes into it. It plays a part in. Oh, in what that's I right. He was in Fast Times, wasn't he? Yeah, as uh, yeah. as Coppola, he wasn't even Nick Cage yet. Yeah, he was Nicholas Coppola, and I think he was also yeah. the same. He was in Francis Ford Coppola's uh, um, adaptation of S. E. Hinton's underrated novel Rumblefish. But yes, uh, black and white, uh, Mickey Rourke, Nicholas Cage, very bizarre, bizarre movie. I mean, the book was bizarre too, but the movie was like a like a black and white like visual trip, like very strange. Um, so yeah, uh, Fast Times, and uh, like I said, Rumblefish. As I'm looking, ah, there, yes, uh, it's not a movie that I'm super familiar with, but I've seen it called uh, Peggy Sue Got Married, uh, 1986. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I, that was on in my house mm-hmm. a lot because my my mom was a big fan of that film, so that, that was on a lot. And I saw it a lot. Um, yeah, but that's great. Just movie. after that was Raising Arizona. And then, you know, there was just a lot of traditional, uh, regular type Hollywood films. Uh, mm-hmm. Honeymoon in Vegas and Guarding Tess and a very sweet, uh, when I think of the romantic comedy genres, one of my favorites called It Could Happen to You uh, with he and Bridget Fonda. Um, and then, like, oh, I don't that remember was a good he, one. I'm not going to. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, the yeah. cop with the lottery ticket. You know, a very sweet little yep. uh, small New York based romantic comedy. <laughs> A uh, great a villain turn by Rosie Perez in that film, but anyway, uh, I I would have to go back and look to see. I know there was nominations. I would have to go back and look and see what the awards were. But then he started in, in leaving Las Vegas as an alcoholic who was trying to kill himself through alcohol. One of my movies, with yeah. a hooker, played by Elizabeth Shue. That movie mm-hmm. had Academy Award nominations. So here we have Nicolas Cage in in films. That have that have had Oscar nominations and continue yeah. to kind of big Hollywood uh, box office streak uh, with The Rock, fantastic action movie, uh, Con oh, Air, a good action movie, but maybe like a slate <laughs> under seconds. Yeah. The Rock. And well, I'm I'm getting to that, but then but then Face Off, uh, so oh, like God. three in a row with The Rock, Con Air. Though that was three films he did in a row: The Rock, Con Air, and Face Off, and then. There was this kind of break from that action stuff. He was in this massively successful romantic comedy uh, that, with the dark, depressing ending called City of Angels with Meg Ryan. Um, or he wasn't. Then he did. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yep. yes. And then worked with uh, Scorsese with Bringing Out the Dead. And then, yes, God, yeah, in, 60 love that seconds, God in 60 Seconds, um, Wind Talkers, which was a critically acclaimed <laughs> film. 
and yeah. uh, Adaptation was a critically acclaimed film, and Matchstick Men was really good, and then a massive, massive global blockbuster with National Treasure. Yeah, and, and Book of Then also a very kind of... This one like didn't do great box office, but it's an outstanding movie uh, where he plays like this global arms dealer called Lord of War. Um, Seen that one, yeah, it's a good one. Right, and it's kind of after there where things kind of took a turn. Um, yeah, you know, he did the big budget sequel for for National Treasure, The Book of Secrets, which was all right, and then mm-hmm. also he played he played Big Daddy in Kick Ass, which was fucking awesome. Uh, yeah. But, you know, Nicolas Cage, and, and now I'm like leaving the list of his filmography, I'm just going to build some more background to, to the story here. Um, I know is the fact that he made a fortune, hundreds upon hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, he married Lisa Marie Presley for a short time because he's an Elvis fanatic. Um, mm-hmm. And from what I understand, like this guy has blown more money than you can possibly yeah. imagine. Uh, he spent <laughs> millions upon millions of dollars. He went on like a real live, like a real live search in real life to try to find the Holy Grail. Uh, he had he bought castles in foreign lands. Uh, he has pissed away all of his money, um, hundreds of millions of dollars, and because of that, he started to star in every piece of shit film that you can possibly think of. He is like, became, he like took over Steven Seagal's mantle as like the king of video on demand or straight to DVD uh, titles, uh, starring in every piece of shit that came along. And it's kind of disappointing to see someone that has gone from like the heights of the box office, from the Academy Award stage to like that straight to video on demand basement like the people that have gone that route like Van Damme and Seagal like they were in some popular action movies but like Nicolas Cage for a brief moment was like A-list Academy Award like in the first couple rows type actor um, mm-hmm. so are you so, saying you didn't like the movie? No 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 yeah, I know I'm rambling I but I just, I just I'm just trying to build some background here because, because I've been a long time <laughs> viewer and fan of Nicolas Cage so uh, yeah. I didn't see Mandy, but when I saw the trailers for Mandy, I was really, I was like, oh my, like, what is this insane, tripped out, what looks like this crazy, 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 bizarre movie. And it's still higher up on my list of things to watch because I didn't get to watch it to the show. But then when you guys announced the color of space as color out of space for uh, tonight's episode, I looked it up because I wasn't familiar with it, and just from the cover image, it had like the same color palette as like the mm-hmm. cover images for Mandy. So I'm like, alright, like we're going into this fucking bizarre tripped out like world, and I didn't see Mandy, but from watching this film, while in no means do I think it was a perfect film, I kind of really enjoyed it. Um, really small budget, I think the budget, the budget information that I saw fell somewhere in between six and twelve million dollars, which in these days is is hardly anything, especially something with the effects, mm. the kinds of effects that this film had. And I wasn't expecting, at least for the first portion, uh, such a kind of 
like quiet, understated performance from Nicolas Cage. Um, mm-hmm. I liked the build up to this. I, I kind of, I, I kind of like this one. I need to, even though, like I did, and I did just watch it th- this today. So like, I feel like I need some more time to let it marinate and maybe even need to go back and look at some scenes again. But like, I was kind of pleased with this pick, man. Uh, I, I didn't know what my yes. initial thoughts were when I heard what the pick was, but I, I think I enjoyed this one quite, quite a bit. Sorry right. for the long That's ramble, but I felt it was important That's okay. to build the Nicolas Cage backstory. No, plus you're a huge <laughs> fan, so I, I give you that. But all right, Monkey, what would you think about Color of the Space? Um, yeah, this, this movie, yeah, Nicolas Cage. So we got to, you know, you know we're going to have, you know, the standard Rage Cage now, which, by the way, you have to go check out Mandy Dean just for the Rage Cage alone. Um, you know, but I, I enjoyed that this movie, his Rage Cage was, uh, the diva and I thought he was trying – to um, do really bad Trump impersonations the entire time when he was trying to do his rage cages for, for this movie. Um, and that being said, it's like when you take this movie into account, it's like you, you're, you know, you are basing this off of a story that, you know, when you read it, it's all, you know, which was written, I believe, in 1925 or something like that. And 27. This story, okay. This this like movie is based on something where he wrote it and he knew he was writing it so that it could never be filmed. You know, mm-hmm. yep. any time someone is trying to make this movie, they are attempting the impossible because you know you're basing it off of a story that cannot be told because it's based on color that doesn't fucking exist. All right, and nope, magenta doesn't exist. Yeah. And going back, it's like, you know, first time watching it, it was pretty fucking rough. But then going back and doing the research, I, I kind of gained some extra respect for the people who made this movie when I sit there and saw the amount of research that your director and Nicolas Cage himself and the producers mm-hmm. went and put into this movie. And while I don't want to say this is the finest movie of horror out, mad respect for the amount of research that they went in and did on H.P. Lovecraft and them trying to bring lots of different little pieces from many, many different H.P. Lovecraft stories just as little extra nuggets into the movie. And if you've read H.P. Lovecraft, you've gone into the Cthulhu mythos, you're going to catch that shit in the movie, and you're going to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's a subtlety that I think uh, this movie works with, with not just the acting, but with the, with the environment, especially how they present the color uh, as we eventually see it. But we get introduced to Ward Phillip, who is a hydrologist, uh, and a graduate of Miskatonic University, which is also a throwback to H.P. Lovecraft and Reanimator. Um, but they ask a lot of this hydrologist in this movie, Ward Phillips. It's a, he's there to test the water, and he's there to do his studies, and then he's just going home. But when a meteorite falls into the gardener's front lawn, he's there, and they're asking him all these questions about what is it? Where did it come from? What, what do you think could it cause? Like, he's a hydrologist. Like, he, he's not a, you know, he doesn't study space and rocks and things like that, but they just, and we'll get to it later, where they're asking even more of him, like, I would have just left town. I would have just been like, you know what, fuck yeah. it. I told him the water's bad. Yeah. Anyway. yeah, I'm just here to test the pH, just like your lifeguard does at the pool. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> yeah, that's literally all I'm here for, and then I'm going to go, and that's fine, but then, you know, he, he meets the gardeners, and he meets Lavinia, who's the, the daughter of the family, and he kind of has a that, thing for her. That's why he's he staying. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, it's clear that that's why he's staying. 
But again, it's it's Nathan and uh, Teresa, the the mother and father of this family. They leave the city for this farm, and it's like this is my paradise where they live because it's in the middle of fucking nowhere. You have well water. You're not around anybody. You have complete isolation. But Nathan is obsessed with fucking making alpaca farms work because they're the animal of the future. Mm. He loves <laughs> that fucking boob. <laughs> loves that alpaca, <laughs> and he's gonna pack it for meat because that's the animal of the future. I don't know if he could eat alpaca <laughs> meat, but he's gonna make it work. <laughs> no, you use it for wool. It's like seriously, I actually the owner of my company has his own al- alpaca farm. And he uses it for the wool and stuff like that. He has never once talked about like alpaca steaks or anything like that. It's only <laughs> the wool. He not like he has like an entire farm that's like he has like thirty of them on the farm, and not once is it like, hey guys, I happen to be having an alpaca steak buyout right now. Anyone want to jump in on this shit? No. <laughs> All right, as you were king. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's it's. One of the things where you get introduced to the family, and it's, you find out that uh, Teresa had a mastectomy, um, and she's in recovery, but she's also working from home, um, you know, on the stock market. And that was one of those things where she's not really a fully fleshed-out character. And I love Joy Richardson, who plays the wife. She was also in Event Horizon and a couple other movies, if you if you've seen yeah, her she before. Would. But yeah, in this movie, it's just she's there, but really not there like you know she's not that important they don't really put a lot of emphasis on her even though she is the one recovering from the mastectomy you know they, they, it's more about getting to the meteorite when it lands and the visuals I, I just i loved it like when that when that meteorite comes crashing down in the middle of the night and you get that brilliant flash of magenta in in benny's face like knowing that shit's about to get real yeah like when this fucking thing lands yeah Oh, yeah, and again, um, before we get into any of this, King, it's like, just if you could, you know, because the whole thing about the color out of space and all that is, when you read the story, is the color is something that's not supposed to be able to be perceived by the human eye. When you read the story, it's a color that's there, but isn't there. It's always shifting and stuff like that. And for this movie, they went and did another route to get around that problem, King. By using the color magenta, which is not on the color spectrum at all. Um, you know, the traditional it's on red, the color orange, spectrum yellow, of and Nicolas Cage movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but in this <laughs> case, it's magenta, which is, is the color that uh, Richard Stanley decided to use because your eyes perceive it differently from somebody else. So the way I perceive magenta might be differently than the way you perceive magenta. You know, and somebody else might. Oh, that's cool it. So shit. I thought that was the perfect way. I thought it was the perfect way to do that because, like the monkey had just said, it's a color that you can't perceive in the book. So, what better way to do it than to pick a color that your eye doesn't perceive like somebody else would? And I think that's what really kind of makes it a good choice to use, uh, especially with all the flashes that they use of this color. You know, it could look like a dark purple to some mm. people, it could be a violet. To mm. It just depends mm. on how your eyes perceive it. Mm. And I just want to say while this whole moment's going on, and we have this moment of Nicolas Cage and his wife trying to get it on again for the first time in over a year, you know, and we have that moment of Nicolas Cage going, you know, come on, baby, you know, let, let's do it, you know, oh, hell yeah. baby. Six um, months. No, it's just, no, but every time I see Nicolas Cage trying to make out with someone, it's like watching, like, you know, your drunken uncle in dirty porn. It's just, 
it it just makes me really, really uncomfortable to watch him be kissing someone. Like ever since I saw him kiss Evangelina Jolie <coughs> and gone in sixty seconds with that <laughs> tongue. It's just oh oh God. No, it's like I, I know. No no more kissing scenes for Nicolas Cage at all. No. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, either way, the, the sex is interrupted when the meteorite lands, so you don't even really get to see any of it. And plus, Benny's freaking out. I mean, uh, Jack is, is freaking out the entire time about this, and their wolf of a dog, Sam, you know, is also freaking out. I thought that was so fucking cool. They have a wolf as a, dog, a pet, you know. It's like, all right. That's awesome. But um, <laughs> no, what I enjoy is that the, fact, <laughs> the fact that the fucking mayor shows up. <laughs> you know, at the meteorite site. And she's like, what the fuck happened? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> meteorite crash. Well, this is just fucking great. This is just great. Like, use this as publicity, you know, because my upcoming mayoral <laughs> campaign would be awesome. You know, we'll bring some uh, camera hey. trucks out here, you know, and we'll get some visuals on it. Yeah. This <laughs> shit doesn't happen in this town. <laughs> you know, we're outside of Arkham. Nothing fucking happens up here in the sticks. <laughs> hey, nothing happens out here. And uh, they also, again, they ask Ward Phillips, a hydrologist, like, what do you think this is? Like, why do you think it landed? And they're like, do you think it's dangerous? And he's like, well, not really. You know, it's a meteorite. Like, it's not going to hurt you. I mean, it's just, it's so hot. You know, I can tell you that much, you know, and I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend touching it. And then you have that weird moment of Lavinia and Ward Phillips having their little moment. And Teresa has to ruin it by saying, you saw that boy out there that you like. And she's like, let me alone, Mom. <laughs> I don't like people. And she just goes and cries and listens to her music. <laughs> but but then we start to have the weird things happening of different people are reacting different ways to being exposed to the light, uh, the color. Sorry, um, because straight off the bat we have the meteorite there that 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 landed, and Nicholas Cage is immediately talking about this nasty, nasty, foul smell where he can barely fucking breathe, but no one else yeah. can smell it. Mm-hmm. And I also you know, uh, else, <laughs> one of, Oh, sorry, King. Yeah. Well, I want to mention Ezra, who is the hippie that lives on the farm with them, in a house that's just oh, off the path yeah. of the, the farm. Tommy <laughs> fucking John. Yeah, he's just, hey, dudes, you want some Java? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And that's where Benny gets his weed yeah. from. He's not supposed to be smoking weed, but he is. And I was like, you know what? This character, this is who I want to be when I get old. I want to be fucking Tommy John <laughs> in this movie. Just fucking hanging out. <laughs> Listening to fucking music, getting high every day, and you got a cat named G Spot, which is hilarious because it's a pussy <laughs> and it's also a cat. <laughs> you know, look at my cat G Spot, and I just fucking hang out, and it's just, it's just it's the coolest. And you can tell like Ward likes him because he even warns him about the the water, like that. It's just don't make it any more for your coffee. Drink bottled water. And he's like, sure, dudes, whatever, man. Like, I'm gonna go listen to the voices under the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just I fucking love Tommy Chung in this movie. He's just he's so sweet and just you know just wants to just hang out. And I know that they don't ever explain to you why he's there. He's just there, and they just kind of just ignore him. He just lives in his little hut with grid. all his cameras. But because he's living off the grid, man. <laughs> <laughs> and we were talking earlier. Like I, I made that joke about bourbon, but I love it when they interview him on television, when they interviewed Nathan on television about the thing that happened, and they're talking about UFOs and all this stuff, and they're like, well, do you ever get, you, were you drinking at the time? And he's like, well, I, I like bourbon. Like, I like a glass. I mean, it's from Texas. And then all of a sudden, underneath, <laughs> amateur farmer, bourbon connoisseur. And he's like, oh, come on. I'm like, this, this is fucking, this, like, I was like, oh my God, this news station has humor. 
<laughs> they didn't just do it like farmer or vocal resident. They just they're having fun. Like they put bourbon connoisseur and amateur farmer. Like you know, like they just obviously mm. they're not taking him seriously. Mm, yes. But this is also when we start mm. to see the effects of that meteorite start to infect the family, starting with Teresa who goes into a trance and just cutting the shit out of those carrots, just cutting, oh, cutting, cutting, sh- cutting sh- un- until her fingers come off. Oh, fuck, man. It's like that whole thing, like, like that one, like, made me yell out because I was not expecting that fucking shit. Like, I was expecting something of a nip or a nick, you know, something, but not just, you know, <laughs> down to the bone. Dinner's shit. ready. <laughs> well, oh my god! <laughs> Is anybody else freaking out? I'm freaking out. <laughs> Your mom's fingers are gone. <laughs> let's go take her to a hospital because, and we found out earlier that the hospital's an hour away, so. They're going to be gone a while, so just take care of, of take care of the alpacas. Make sure they're in by ten. But then you have this weird moment where there's a time shift, where all of a sudden it's daytime in Denny's room, and they well, where did time go? So now you're getting a sense of that time just starts to change without notice because of of the power of this meteorite and where it came from. It's starting to shift time because even Benny leaves at one point to go take care of the alpacas, and all of a sudden it's day, and he's like, I I put him in there. Like, they're fed. Like, I don't know what they're doing back out. Mm. So it's kind of, it's starting to fuck with you a little bit. At least that's mm. what I got from it. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, again, you know, we're having temporal shifts, like you said, because uh, Benny's out there. He's trying to take care of the chores. We have, you know, and he's out there walking them during the day and then ends up in the middle of the night. And he's trying to find his way back, you know, because all of a sudden he's in the middle of nowhere. Meanwhile, <clears throat> yeah, we have the other things going on inside the house and, we just keep having these shifts happening. And it's like in the woods with Phillips. You know, after he's tested the water and realizes that it's taking on the color of what, what we're about to see, uh, he starts to hear sounds in the woods. And there's like a, the plants and the plant life are moving. And his car starts up all of a sudden and then turns right back off. Like, so it, it, this, whatever force this is, it's capable of controlling things. Like cars, you know, like the trees, and you start yeah. to see vegetation growing on the farm that's purple. And did you plant those yeah. flowers? Well, yeah. they must be perennials, because there's no other explanation for why they're here. But then we go back to him at his camp and stuff like that. And I just appreciate them going old school horror, where you don't go have to, you know, do big yep. jump scares, you know, as the, you know, sound stings or anything like that, or have big big monsters. You can just have shit just. Acting up like you did, like old school poltergeist style, you know, of just yeah. <laughs> shit just fucking with you to make you feel uncomfortable. And I appreciate that they went that way with it, too. It's that that whistling, too, that constantly permeates the film. That could be the sound of, of what it is, this color that we're seeing, um, how mm. it fucks with the phone lines. So when you're trying to call somebody, you hear that person's voice, but it's distorted and it's just it's not right. And then you get these headaches from that. Um, whereas Ezra in his place, you know, he's still drinking the Java with the water. He's not supposed to be drinking, but he's now hearing them on the Memorex. And he's like, nobody would believe me if I didn't turn on the Memorex. So I'm just going to, I'm going to listen. And I love when Ward goes, well, where's G spot? He's like, Oh, you know, you know, he's probably catwall in some place, you know, he's fine. And he's like, well, I hope I find your cat. He goes, well, you might find him, but he's not going to look like he did. And it's like, oh, shit, you he knows something. Him, like, he knows. Hit. Yep. You might find Bobby him, but you're not going to recognize him. 
Yeah, you're not going to recognize him. And that's exactly what happens because when Nick Cage is driving home with, with Teresa and he's operatic singing for some reason because he's fucking Nicolas Cage and he can do that, and they run into that cat and G-Spot's in the middle of the road and he's clearly infected. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, this is where they start to add this, you know, special effects in here, so making it a little bit more fun. But yeah, again, just for some reason, operatic singing, you know, I guess he's just really happy that he got her fingers back yeah. on. Who fucking knows? <laughs> Again, yeah. it's just Nicholas and Cage. It's, yeah. <laughs> and earlier in the film, he did talk about his father and about how his father was like, you're not going to get anything done, okay? So just get the fuck out of my face, okay? Like, you know, for some reason, he had this <laughs> weird accent. And you start to hear it as Nathan is talking to Lavinia and Benny about being out at night, you know, leaving the alpacas out. And he, when he just walks up to Lavinia and he's like, just get the fuck out of my sight, okay? You know what? As a matter of fact, I'll do you a favor and I'll get the fuck out of your sight. Like, I was like, that's <laughs> fucking perfect, dude. Like, that's the best way to fucking exit a conversation. <laughs> don't get out. I'm yeah. like, you don't get out of my face. I'm getting the fuck out of your face. Like, that's great. And he's like, oh, shit, I fucked it up with Lavinia. I shouldn't have yelled at her like that. <laughs> Yeah, and that one, de- that one, the diva was like, "Okay, that's your quote, that's your rage cage quote right there." <laughs> Trump going, yeah, "I'm gonna is. get the fuck out of your face." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you you get some nice shots of of Nathan in the shower, and he finds this uh, jellyfish like creature in the, oh, the shower geez. drain. When he picks it up, it attaches to his skin. Oh, great! And then he just freaks yeah. out and Those starts very stamping on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You gotta call exterminator, fucking a plumber or something. What was that, Dean? I said stamping on it, but stamping on nothing because it just it vanished so quickly. Yeah, I mean, I guess because he squished it down the drain so fast after it reacted to his skin, so he just he smashed that fucking thing. I mean, a plumber or exterminator, who knows what they're gonna do? But that's just what happens. (laughs) And this is also where it takes part of the book too, was where all of a sudden the plants and the fruit and everything that, that Nathan's been growing and trying to grow is finally growing. And there's these huge fucking tomatoes and he's fucking dancing around in the fucking yard. Like, look at the peach. Look at these fucking tomatoes. Like, this is fucking amazing. Like, everything that I've tried to do is working until you fucking try to eat it and you realize that it's inedible. And then he rages out because he fucking does what he does best. And he fucking has a cage moment <laughs> where he's throwing the fucking tomatoes in the train. He's like, damn, 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 you know, that's what I fucking get for fucking trying to plant this shit. And then his wife, <laughs> Teresa, has a fucking cage moment where she's like, but just fix the fucking satellite. Get the fuck out of here. Like, you know, I need to work. You're not letting me work. And I'm like, oh, my God, two cage moments in one scene? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I felt the same way, man. I was like, holy shit, we're having a cage off. <laughs> like, what do yeah. we do? <laughs> Who the fuck could be more cage? Yeah. <laughs> it was so great. I was like, yeah. He's finally not the only one caging out in this movie. You know, they're all fucking getting pissed off, you know, and they're all getting sick. Like, Lavinia keeps puking because of the sound, because of everything that's been happening. You know, the sink's overflowing with blood. So now she's going to try to fucking wick this thing out and cut into her chest and cut into her hands, opening up the Necronomicon, which H.P. Lovecraft did, right? So that's a copy of Necronomicon, you know, and, and tried to, to get this thing out of here. Well, I have that book, um, and mm-hmm. no, seriously, I have that. I have that book, and I sit there and yeah, went back and and looked through the book, looked through all the symbols that were in the book, and unfortunately, none of what she carved on herself were actually from the book. 
everything that she carved on herself were actually uh, rune symbols. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. Um, Which yeah, is fine uh, for me. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't mind it. It was still cool. It was like yeah. painful for me to watch, especially yeah. when she starts going into her chest with those fucking. Like, ah, uh, stop. That's a oh, fucking box yeah. cutter. It's dirty. <laughs> you know? um, and she's cutting into her knuckles and her head. She draws the the diamond yeah. on her forehead. Yeah, well, that specific diamond is uh, the rune symbol for home. You know, so she was there doing that specifically to protect the house, which is why she put that there. Which okay, is why so that is symbol about become... triangles. Because they did use, like she has that triangle on the back of her hair in one scene, and then the in the attic. There's a triangular yeah. window, so I didn't know if that was a, a call mm. to something. They did use triangles yeah. a couple times, so I didn't know if that was a, a Wiccan symbol yeah. or something. I I'm not so sure about a Wiccan symbol. It's just, you know, it's because the, the stuff that she put on were runes, not, you know, Wiccan. The runes were more Norse. So her, her like, mm. so-called Wiccan stuff is actually a mixture of, <clears throat> excuse me, of Necronomicon, Wiccan, um, Norman runes and actual uh, old Christianity <laughs> is all mixed together in her witchcraft. Mm, okay, I mean it, it's it, it's cool to see that that that's the way that she thinks that she's going to to do this to get this evil whatever it is out of the house. In the meantime, you have Benny and Jack wandering into the barn where we get our thing moment of the movie, where all the <laughs> alpacas have joined together. Looking like the dogs and John Carpenter's the thing. Uh, it, it's some kind of fucking monster. Fucking insane, yeah. man. <laughs> yep. And you could see that they have the color in their eyes and their pupils are shifting around. And it's just, it's such a fucking balls out sight that it, it just leaves them kind of stunned. But they don't have enough time because the color is rising out from behind the barn and it's about to attack them. So it's taking on a physical form. Like it's mm. taking on this beam that's directed right at Benny and Jack. Mm. Benny gets away, but Teresa and Jack don't end up so well uh, because they embrace just oh. as the blast hits. And they, uh, they, they get hit pretty bad. Uh, they, they, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I got to give this movie mad fucking props because when... Look out, monkey like, coming because, through. <laughs> right. Because right. when... When this happened, I was like, "Holy shit!" They took out the kid, you know, because you don't know what's happened yet. All you see is, you know, just smoke and crispy curled skin and stuff like that for this effect that you know is just seeing a little bit. And I was like, "Man, they took out the wife and the kid," you know, <laughs> mad balls to them for actually taking out the kid because again, you know, you and I, King, you know, we always like it when they ha- have the balls Love to it. take out the kids, but they hardly ever do. But no, we find out. It's even worse than that. They don't actually take them out. Instead, they become part of society, <laughs> and they've melded together <laughs> into one piece, which was like, oh, even it's fucking worse. <laughs> Just seeing the mom's hand flipping around, and then all of a sudden you see the kid's face on her back, and his legs up, and his arms up. And the, oh, like just put him out of the fucking yeah, misery. Pretty, like, pretty cool I, I know. I'm too. sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a great practical effect and, and CGI, but I don't know about you guys, but if, if that was my situation, I would just grab the shotgun and blow him away. But there's no way you're fixing this. You're not putting it back together. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm the, no the, hospital. Dude, I'm the, yeah, I'm the exact same way, man. It's like because Laney was like, you know, what would you do if I was in that situation? I was like, shotgun to the head. She's like, what? what? I was like, do you yeah. really want to? Yeah. I was like, do you really want to be in that situation? 
<laughs> you know, I'm sorry. It's like if it's in misery, put it put it out of its misery. You know, but and we think we're gonna see that from Nicolas Cage because we have this moment where, you know, he, he takes them both up to the attic. You know, because they need to get them out of the light. What do they do? They take them up to the attic full of light. I don't fucking get it, but that's what they fucking do. <laughs> well, they push them and out of the light. To, I mean, they were in that dark corner. But then he has to go like to on that mattress. But 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 before anything else, carry those fucking alpacas before anything else. <laughs> oh, I felt so bad for him in this scene, dude. Like him having to grab that shotgun and his whole fucking investment. Like alpacas aren't cheap. I actually looked up like that that they cost up to like three to five thousand dollars a piece, and he had a bunch of them. So all his life savings are into these alpacas, and now they're fucking mutated, disgusting monsters. So for him to have to fucking yeah. take the shotgun out and blow yeah. their fucking heads off, which again, mm. great effects, like watching their heads explode. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, and and the total and the total piece was an awesome practical effect. It really was. It was a great practical effect piece. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and then when he, when he come back in after checking the car, it's not working, you know. But I love the effect of after he gets out of the car and you look up at that gigantic tree in front of him and it's starting to fucking move, like it's got tendrils. Like, it's moving with the breeze. And I was like, okay, so you see that even the trees are now becoming these creatures, you know, and that just nothing is, is what it is anymore. Everything is, is magenta. You know, the ground, the grass, yeah. everything is just is, is completely gone. Yeah, and, and the entire color palette and the way they sit there and built the yard and the garden and, and whatnot, as it starts to grow, it's like, seriously, was a beautiful set piece in all its own was like almost almost a Willy Wonka like set if you will and it was just beautiful to look at. Mm-hmm. And it's the, it's the constant uh, drinking of Nathan after that happens and he's just constantly yeah. pouring the bourbon scratching at those yeah. wounds that are on his arm. Yeah. That could be yeah. dry skin, it could be him turning into a tree, who knows. You know, but he, <laughs> he's got all these things to just worry about and Lavinia and Benny are going to leave. They're going to take, you know, Comet and they're going to leave, which is Lavinia's horse by the way. Um, that we did see in the beginning of the movie, but they're going to take that fucking horse and go, but the horse is infected. And the horse has gotten the color into itself, so the horse is fucking bolting. It's like, fuck you guys, I'm out of here. Like, yeah, I don't need to What's be here that? anymore. Like, yeah, I gotta, yeah. Oh, <laughs> gotta figure some shit out. That's a guys. different color. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and you also have Benny hearing the family dog, Sam, coming from the well, but I love when he looks down into the well and there's just fucking nothing there. But you could tell that he's lost his fucking mind. Like, he hears that barking. So to him, it doesn't matter that dog's down there. Even though you see it as an audience, there's fucking nothing down there but muck and bullshit. Like, I'm not going down that well. There's no fucking dog there. You know, even Lavinia is telling him, like, the fucking dog's not worth it. Like, we can get another dog. Like, you know, you don't need to get this one. Leave it alone. But he, but he has to. And I love when the fucking beam shoots up out of that fucking well. He puts on his, his grandfather's goggles. Like, that's going to save him. In that moment, like, I can't look directly at the fucking color, but if I put these goggles on, I'll be okay. And he just fucking disappears, like, with a scream. That dude is gone. Yeah, oh, but we did miss the whole – yeah, you're right, but we did miss the whole thing about what was in the well before that. Yeah, there was uh, a big, bulbous, slimy uh, thing from the meteorite that had crawled into the the well and was releasing – Bugs, like I want to say it was a praying mantis, but I think it might have been a, a, something else. But it was like a weird purplish creature. Um, 
that yeah that manifested itself. So I mean, and we do see that you saw it as around. Pink. You saw it as purple. I saw it as pink. What are you talking? Ah. It's purple. Okay, sure. Well, I, okay, because, so you thought because because it was magenta. So how did you see it? It yeah. was purple. Maybe I saw it as pink. Maybe the dean saw it as yeah. blue. You know, who knows? Because that's what magenta does. Okay, sorry, but yeah, you're right. Weird yeah. ass praying mantis kind of thing. You know, and the kid starts to play with it in the yard because now he has new friends. So that's what yeah. he's whistling at the entire time, back and forth. But because he, but he also like draws he what he sees, and you see it's like a little monster creature that he's drawing. You know, and that's his yeah. friend, that's his buddy. Mm. Um, but again, yeah. this is what I'm talking about with Ward Phillips and how they fucking ask so much of him. Because he's, he's delivering his report to the mayor about the fucking water and how nobody should be drinking it. Everybody should be drinking bottled water until they figure out why it's caused this. And as he's walking out, there's a hunter and the fucking sheriff who's like, hey, uh, fucking Mr. Hydrologist, come over here and check this shit out. He's like, what do you got? And he's like, oh, it's a fucking bunch of fucking animals from the woods that have melded together. He found some birds in there and some deer and... And it looks like there might even be a cat. What do you think? Like, what do you mean, what do I think? I don't, I don't know. I'm a fucking hydrologist. Like, I know about yeah, water. Yeah, like, like, what are you asking me yeah, about? Yeah, I just want to be like, did you find this in the lake? No. Then what the fuck do I care what it is? Because it has nothing to do with the fucking water. That's my fucking job is water. All right? All you motherfuckers, stop asking me about shit on the fucking land. Look, I'm like a fucking Aquaman, okay? <laughs> stop asking yeah. me shit about the land. Like, if you yeah. got questions about I know, the water... I could test your water. <laughs> yeah, I know. I could test your water for a pH balance, but that's all that I can do. I don't do fucking autopsies on fucking mutated animals. You want to you bring me a fish? I'll talk to you about the fucking fish. But stop bringing yeah. me land animals. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, since I gave you my fucking expert opinion, let's drive out to the fucking gardener place and see how they're holding up real quick. All right, let's go. You know, the sheriff and I are going to fucking cock lock it in action. You know, as Lavinia is being locked into the attic with her fucking now monster mother, who's looking like a Resident oh. Evil fucking monster boss. Yeah, fucking straight, straight up the thing box. right there, man. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's what she looks like. She's got all these fucking tendrils and these fucking arms. She's, you know, I don't know what she's doing to Lavinia's face, but it's like she's just fucking spitting up shit all over her face. She's like, yeah. mom, stop! Like, yeah, gentlemen, move on. Keep, it going. Keep it going, gentlemen. I'll be back in one second. Okay. Okay. But yeah, it's just but, it, it's spit or fucking cum or it's whap. I don't know. Yeah. But it's just it's all over uh, her face as. <laughs> As Nathan's yeah. hanging out downstairs. And it was a bad effect, man, because, you know, it's all smooth, and all of a sudden it goes to, like, stop motion. You know, of the mm-hmm. creature just crawling yeah. across the floor. over t- <laughs> And I was like, oh, oh, why did you do that? You have CGI. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. They, they, they just fucking like that. And just then you have uh, Ward and the, the sheriff driving over to the house, and it's just everything is a different kind of multicolors, and they're trying to figure it out. Yeah, let's go over to Ezra's and see if how he's holding up yeah. during this whole thing. Well, well, uh, that, well first, I love it. I'm, I'm uh, yeah, but first I see Comet run the other way, and they're like, "Oh shit, that's your <laughs> yeah. yeah. horse." Oh shit! It's, and it's, that's when he cranks the lights, on. and he's like, "Yeah, cue the, yeah. Cue the lights. We're, we're on this. Yeah, shit. cue the Miami Vice soundtrack." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. But um, when they get to Ezra's and they're, oh, Ezra, you home? Oh, there he is. Yeah, he's just sitting in his chair. He must be okay because he's playing Memorex over and over again. But you never see it coming. <laughs> Where does it come from, this color, man? Like, it's crazy how it just came up from the ground. And when they take a look and he's just fucking a corpse at that point, 
but he's got the color pulsing in his forehead, and you just know another fucking charge is coming. Just get the fuck out. I just, just go. But okay. Just fucking run. Now, when you saw that, okay, it was obviously, you know, Cheech in there, man. Were you expecting, like, that to start moving? Because, like, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's, it struck me as, you know, definitely a dude in costume, not just a prop or something like that. I was expecting this kind of, you know, rah, jump moment. And it yeah. didn't happen. Oh, yeah. No, I was definitely, like, I thought at, at the least the odds would open, like, or close or do something, you know, just to show you that that person is still alive, but they are infected. No, but this, he was just about eaten up. Okay, welcome back. Yeah. But yeah, so Ezra was just, was just eaten up by this thing, and then you see the force charging up. Just fucking get that out of there. You know, leave before this fucking <laughs> thing has any chance to charge up and hit you. I, the laziest part of this movie is the sheriff. Like, I, I just, I fucking hated it. When he walks out of that fucking shed and he just gets picked up by the tree and he's fucking strangled to death. He didn't need to be in this movie. There was no point. Like, it, just, it felt kind of silly at that point. But yeah. I that, thought it yeah. was. It's just that I, Ward, I, Ward should have been grabbed too. Like, there should be no rules. But, you know, he's got to stay. I, right. But I also thought it was funny because he was the one that was like, oh, you know, the sheriff was all like, you know, gun-toting, we're badass, we got this, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So that was the point of that scene was, doesn't matter what you have, you're useless against this. Yoink, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, I guess the sheriff's kind of important because he's the one that comes to the house first when they go up to the attic, when Ward's trying to save Lavinia, you know, from the mom son creature, and it's it's Nathan who blows her the fuck away, and he's just like, yeah, it's over. Anyway, guys, you want to come downstairs yeah. some bourbon? Yeah. No, anybody? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm kind of thirsty. So, and they walk back downstairs and. You just you have that moment I, I just where you see the color again manifesting itself in front of Ward and Lavinia as Ward's carrying her out, and you get this moment where Nathan sees it and he's like, "It's the color. Like I could shoot it now. Like I have this gun. I could take it and destroy the color, even though it's a cosmic spectral swirling of colors." The sheriff is the one that thinks that he's fucking trying to shoot Ward, and then he takes out Nathan. And now you no longer have Lavinia because she wants to stay. She's got to stay with her yeah. dad's body. Like, you know, this is my home. You could do whatever the fuck you want, but I'm staying here. Like, I don't care what you have to say. Like, I'm, I'm not leaving my father. I'm not leaving any of this. And this is where, in this third <clears throat> act, we're just fucking kicking the fucking brakes off, and we're going full force with this oh, yeah. color. <laughs> Becoming the force of a huge fucking funnel in the sky, taking over this entire fucking landmass. And you see that Lavinia has been taken over when she looks at Ward and Ward gets a glimpse into what this potential thing is, that it came from a planet of some sort you know, with, with other creatures and okay. like-minded things. Okay, whoa, whoa. okay, whoa, 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 whoa. okay, okay. you say Ward saw that. I took that as Lavinia seeing that. Okay. No, I saw, no, she showed it to him. I definitely think she showed it to him. Because you have that flash okay, of her okay. eyes turning the color, and then Ward stares right into her eyes, and there's another yeah. flash, and then we see everything. So right. I think they were both having the same vision. Okay, because this is where I was going to sit there and bring up the thing about, okay, the rune of home that was on her forehead, okay, you know, mm-hmm. that she carved in between her eyes. Okay, her eyes light mm-hmm. up, and then, her, and then that rune lights up, and that's when you have that thing of that transportation through time and space. So showing home – through the rune is then showing the home of the color. So yeah. you follow the rune and then it transports you back to where this came from. You know, 
And then, yeah, you're, you're seeing, you know, the, again, the weird-ass dystopian planets that you would often hear about in H.P. Lovecraft stories with the weird-ass towers that make no fucking sense with the holes all through them, yeah. and shock and all that, and all that kind of crap, you know. So I thought, like, you know, while that definitely was not in the short story, I think it was definitely needed in any time you do something H.P. Lovecraft and definitely entered dimensional kind of stuff you have to sit there and kind of do a nod to mountains of madness kind of thing you know yeah and i mean what did you say dean he referenced in the mouth of madness just now no yes he did yeah 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 it was said good reference yeah but it's in yeah. mountains of madness uh, at the mouth of madness is a john carpenter film starring sam Neill. i'm sorry okay. that's what he was that's talking about my apologies <laughs> Thank no, you, you both said it. That's why I was trying to catch you. Both. I was like, it's not the mouth of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a John Carpenter movie. But, you know, no, it's, it's fine. But yeah, I, I think that she definitely, you know, she did have, the, like you said, the home rune, and she sees where it came from. But I think that she projected that onto, onto uh, work. I think he saw it, too, in that moment. Oh, right before okay. she turns away from him to, to raise her hands up to the sky to kind of herald in this fucking funnel of color, where she eventually is just completely taken. And, and, it's in this moment. It's just one of those things where how do you not lose your fucking mind? Like as a person, like how are you not? How does your mind not snap at this point? Like after seeing all this, not only that, after seeing her completely disappear, he goes back into the farmhouse, and Nathan's fucking ghost is in this fucking house with his family, and he's trying to attack Ward as everything is fucking starting to really ramp up, and he has to run to the cellar to avoid Nathan and hide in the fucking wine cellar. And even you can see his face is being distorted and everything is just almost like sand and water. It's just, it's very slow. The faces are being withdrawn. Like everything is happening in this fucking moment mm. until we reach mm. a climax of an explosion mm. that turns everything gray. Just like mm. in the moment. Mm. I love it. Being yeah. And that, that was what I really enjoyed is that they actually, is it gray or is it blue? Did, did... Gray. <laughs> in the book, it was gray. So at least we have that color. It, it's supposed to be gray. <laughs> yeah, because now they are showing the blasted heat, you know, from the original story. Mm. You yeah. know, and that's why I said like, this. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, which is the original reason why the, the original, uh, excuse me, hydrologist was coming in the original story was to check out the blasted heat. So we yep. have, <laughs> and he's being told the story by Pierce, you know, and of Nahum and his three sons and and everything that happened, you know, in this particular uh, in in what happened, you know, in this place and why it's so cursed. And the opening of the movie has lines from the story, you know, that go into yeah. this town that's west of Arkham, that all the townspeople say is haunted, but how can it really be haunted? Like you know, like what made it haunted? What made it this way? Um, and the fact that Ward does survive, you see the burnt up hand of Nathan still wearing the ring next to him as he's climbing out of the wreckage of the gardener farmhouse. Mm. Uh, they easily could have just cut it real quick where they just show him climbing out, walking away. No, they fucking show you the scope. And that was impressive to me. The fact that they showed you <clears throat> that this fucking entire area is decimated. And then as you get farther out, the trees are green and everything's okay. But this blasted yeah. heath area is fucking gone. There's nothing there but ash. Yeah, and I think they intentionally did this because, like you said, this movie's uh, this story has been adapted to the film before, but no one has mm-hmm. been able to do that 
seen. You know, and like, nope. Nope. especially in this day and age, it's easy to do CGI. You know, I'll give it that. But no one had actually captured that specific scene. You know, and I, again, it's like, you know, giving the people that made this movie mad props for at least doing their a crazy amount of research that they did for this movie. Yeah, and then, you know, after he, he escapes the heath and then walks away, we do a cut and we go back to, uh, you know, a water and a bridge. Um, and we have Ward doing this exposition about never drinking the water that comes from that dam. But it was just so fucking Punisher from 2004 ending that I was like, ah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you can cap it off as a way. But it's just, I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, but it ends with fucking Frank Castle standing on a bridge going, I am the Punisher now. And I will punish the fucking evil that comes. And it's like, well, you're doing the same thing now, except you're showing that there's been time that's passed. Because Ward now has a, a gray beard, so whether or not there's yeah, an effect you know. of the color, you know, whether it's a, a been a year or two years, this is just what it is. But he's also just fucking well, the bridge, smoking that J. Yeah, well, the, well, the dam is now done, you know. So the, mm-hmm. the you know the the project that was there, you know, that he had started. So we'll say it's been a few, you know, a few years at least, you know. But the project that have he to was be. there, yeah. to, you know, just survey for is now completed, and he's standing on top of the the dam. I mean, they did age him a little bit, which I was kind of happy with. Like, not just the beard, but you could tell, like, his face you know, had lines to it. Yeah. Like, you know, it just it looked gruff. Like, it just looked like he had been through some shit. Yeah. But it's just the way that they ended it. It made it seem like he's just going to go punch fucking cosmic shit in the face. He's like, this is the new <laughs> world we're living in. And I'm going to fucking hype up this fucking J and flip it in the water. And fuck you, water. That's what I think about <laughs> you. You see this middle finger water? Fuck you. I'm punching everybody. I'm punching all the water fucking bodies that are in America until I get back yeah. to Arkham. Every fucking body of water is getting their ass kicked yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Like, you know, I'm like, okay, fine. End it that way. That's okay. And, and, and on, the, on, on top of that, like, even though, like, they are sticking 100% to the book, the yep. way they did it was still a little bit asinine of, hey, we're going to leave you a cliffhanger because guess what? Not everybody went back into the vacuum. <laughs> right. We, yeah. we still have one little buddy one. that comes flying up, you know, from the screen, you know, that little little bug <laughs> that, that uh, Jack had made friends with. It's still there. But I love, like, I don't know if they knew when to cut, but you see at the end when the credits start to come up, you see uh, Nate, uh, Ward jump off the fucking little, like, hill there of the thing, walk away. Like, probably didn't plan for that to happen. He probably should have cut, you know, before he had to do a little jump off the dam, you know, and then walk away. And then where we get another title card of color out of space. So I think it just, I mean, I liked it, but at the same time, this is supposedly the first of a trilogy of Lovecraft stories that Richard Stanley wants to do. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, The next one is the Dunwich Horror, which is what he wants to do, which they did do an adaptation back in the late 60s, early 70s with Dean Stockwell and Sandy D. That's pretty worth checking out. Go ahead, My Dean. question, though, if this is first in a trilogy, because uh, I had seen something about that but didn't read too much into it, is this first in a trilogy, like, continuing this story with Ward Phillips? No. Or is it just a trilogy of Lovecraft adaptations? I mean, they could. I mean, Ward could show up in, in Dunwich Horror. But I think he, he wants to consider his Lovecraft trilogy where he's going to do a different story each time okay. and then introduce a different cast. All right. That being said, all right, it can easily be Ward Phillips 
because you sit there yeah, and according to IMDb. Yeah. Uh, because, wait, wait, wait. If you go according to IMDb here, all right, Ward Phillips is short for Howard Phillips Lovecraft. H.P. Lovecraft, yeah. Lovecraft. So this could be yeah. his narrative of mm-hmm. his world. You know, and it we could, could have the, yeah, yeah. So we could have this character being your narrator, H.P. Lovecraft. I mean, I just thought they did that for the movie, you know, naming him Ward Phillips, so they could kind of do the H.P. Lovecraft thing. And if you're a Lovecraft fan, you could be like, all right, that's cool. Uh, you know, how they they call him that. But again, you could be right too. You know, they they could have this actor play Ward Phillips and be in the other two movies. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of hard to gauge if they're even going to do another one because I, I, you know, going off of Wikipedia and and the budget we talked about compared to what it made when it was in theaters for its short run, and then going to digital and 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 uh, Blu-ray. I mean, I rented my copy, you know, when it first came out on on, on digital, and then I ended up buying. Oh, I know copy you. I remember so I you digital. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just couldn't fucking wait <laughs> for this goddamn movie because I was like, you know, it's just I love Nicolas Cage like the dean does, but I also love Lovecraft. Even though I don't like the person, I like the books, and which is also why I kind of like the fact that Ward Phillips is black. I, found, I kind of felt like that was oh, Stanley's yeah. you know, point of doing that. Yeah. <laughs> because if you read into the background of Lovecraft, he was not a fan, but I love the fact that they did that. True. All right. Now, um, let's see here. In closing out, hey, just so you know, Halloween is coming up, all right? And yeah. Halloween is coming up, all right, and a lot of people are saying Halloween is going to be canceled this year. You know, don't do trick-or-treating. Don't do Halloween. You know what? I, I don't know about the rest of us that are talking to her, but me personally, I say, fuck that, all right? No, celebrate Halloween. Just re- celebrate it responsibly, okay? We're already going to be wearing masks when we go out wearing masks. Just double up, wear gloves, whatever. Be socially responsible while you're out there celebrating Halloween. But that doesn't mean that you don't have to actually – not also get something extra special for your significant other. So go ahead and go to Bonfire B Designs at Etsy and get your significant other something special. All right, maybe you guys can't go out and celebrate and go to the costume party, but get her something special and be like, honey, we're going to celebrate at home. Here's something to go with your costume. Let's have a freaky night in here, here's here's some lovely jewelry. I got a custom made being being extra points for you for coming across as a man who got extra custom made stuff done. So again, bonfire be designs at et.com. And there's word for our sponsor. But about all right, excellent. And speaking of I know, right? I'm fucking impressed. Like he that was fucking smooth. That was right in there with the Halloween season and all right. I mean monkey's you know, he's he's all grown up now. Uh but speaking of the monkey, <laughs> it is your pick next week, so what do you have for us as we get ready to fucking enter the best month of the fucking year, October? Yeah, here we okay. go. Okay. Um yeah. I I need to be a dirty monkey. I got to be a really, really dirty monkey right now. I like, I need something to cleanse the palate of horror. So we're going to go old school. We're going really fucking old school. We're going really fucking dark. Um, so stay tuned when we cover I Spit on Your Grave next week. Oh, wow. Because okay, monkey so needs to be a dirty You're going monkey. different from what I thought. You know, I mean, I, I do like that. I thought you were going normally, but we t- you're finally going to yeah, fucking do it. Ta- you're finally doing it. 
You've been telling wait me for like fucking yeah. years. I want wait, to wait, wait, wait. I just want to make sure that I understand what you're saying here, Monkey, because I feel like you have a couple of contradictions here. You're saying that we're cleansing the palate, and that's your pick to cleanse the palate. <laughs> so, the race so to make sure that we're clear. Okay, <laughs> yeah. we're saying we're saying cleansing the palate because I want some hardcore horror. <laughs> And from and I have never ever seen this movie before. And there's a specific oh, reason why I've never yet. seen this movie. And I've never seen it. And there's a specific reason why. But I'm cleansing the palate because I need something hard and shocking to scare the fuck out of me. And I'm hoping, hoping this movie's gonna fucking do it. So stay tuned. Okay. So this is a when, film. This when, is a film. I'm not going to give anything away to, to – I don't want you to have any – I'm just no, saying – all I'm nope. saying from my perspective is that this is a film that I have seen several times and have uh, – have, I don't, I don't want to use the term studied, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. I, I, I know, I'm really excited about I, I know what it is. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to discussing it. No, no, all he right, knows because cool. I, I, I haven't spoiled it for him, but he yeah. knows the length of it. So, yeah, yeah. Well, he's going he's gonna to be a different monkey next week. I feel this is a pick that's going to foster uh, much interesting discussion. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to this pick. Yeah, I definitely, I am too. I know what the monkey has wanted to do it for a while. I've always said, just fucking do it, pull the trigger, and let's talk about I Spit in Your Grave. The 72 version, <sighs> Day of the Woman, not the, the remake. Yeah. Even though they, they are just as fucking hardcore. But, uh, uh, yeah, apparently, oh, no, no. if you didn't we're, we're like talking, Color Out of Space, cleanse your palace with a Rape Revenge movie next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Dean, so, thank you so much so for I joining us. I know, I know, yeah, go ahead, Dean. I know the seconds are ticking down, but just so I make sure I heard the monkey right, you have never seen this film before. He has no, never. This is my first time. This is my first time viewing. All right. Very good. Very, very good. Yep. So we're going we're gonna to see a different side of the monkey next week. When he finally gets underneath his bed, he's probably <laughs> not going to have as much pep in his step. Perhaps we will. <laughs> All right. So see you next week, Dean. Absolutely. I'll be here. All right. Monkey, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself out as we get ready for next week and cleanse our palates. Oh, <laughs> All right. This is the monkey saying thank you for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror. I'm your mad monkey saying thanks for letting me listen. <laughs> Come in your ear. Good night, everybody. Oh, you're going to regret that next week. You're going to regret that little sound effect next week. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not, yeah. I wonder if you're going to do the same sign-off next week after we get done with uh, the movie. But we'll see. Uh, as always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, saying keep America strong, watch horror movies. Hail Satan, hail yourselves, hail Odorous, because for next week, get ready as we spit on your grave. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.